Welcome back to another exciting episode of Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa Shantz. Today, we are going to talk about your empathic gift. Because as a soul, we all explore different variations of being empathic. And today, my guest is going to help you explore, emerge, embrace your true nature, which is one powerful tagline that she has personally created. So my guest today is Signe Myers Holvum, and she has created homes on five continents over 20 years. She's raised four uniquely sensitive children, pursued a special education lawsuit appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, volunteered in a hospice in Texas and an orphanage in Azerbaijan. Signe works as a spiritual counselor and teaches workshops and trainings in the art of being an empath and the power of language in many countries around the world. Welcome, Signe. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm happy you're here too, because you know what? I'm an empath also. And boy, has our empathic gifts been stimulated lately with what's going on in the world. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, I find, I'm talking to you from Oslo, Norway. So I also feel that um, where you happen to be located in the world, also, um, you know, your empathic uh, reception is going to be influenced a little bit by the culture and the landscape that you're in as well. So I'm coming back to the States in um, October and I've been away for almost, you know, not quite two years because of the pandemic and um, international traveling restriction. So I'm, I'm very curious how it will be to come back into the U S and, you know, to come into Colorado specifically where I'm from and, you know, just kind of feel what's going on. Well, it's interesting because you said you're in Oslo right now. And I know that you lived quite a few years in Perth, Australia. Yes, I did for, um, I loved Perth. Perth was, uh, we lived in Perth um, Oh, from, well, we, we moved back to Norway three years ago. So we moved from Perth. We just, as much as we loved Australia, it was just so far away geographically from yes. our family. And we have kids that are in the U.S. and we have kids that are in Norway. And so we just felt we needed to come to the Northern Hemisphere and be a bit closer. Yeah, I totally understand that. And my husband, um, he lived many decades in Australia. So his kids are still in Melbourne. So when the when the pandemic hit him and I, we were over there doing some of the mind, body, spirit festivals in Brisbane, Melbourne and in Sydney. And then we got stuck over there. So we were over there about, I guess, nine months. And we actually are going to be going back once things kind of settle down just to go over there and do some more work and obviously visit his family. But the empathic abilities that like you're mentioning in different places, I noticed a difference, obviously, in America. I noticed a big difference in Australia. And I, too, have been um, over in Scotland. I've been all around the world to Greece, different places. And It really is a wide field of different feelings and empathic gifts and abilities that show up in different places. Very much so. Um, And I do think it's interesting to revisit places um, that you had been when you were younger and maybe notice something and then you come back through when you're older, you know, decades later and you can sense either, you know, 
kind of a combination of two things that you you've changed in your own ability to um, you know honor your empathic receptivity but the the land itself or the location has shifted as well because I used to um, I had been very north of the Arctic Circle probably I want to say 15 years ago and it really affected me the magnetic um, presence of the North Pole there. And it was very uncomfortable. And then last May, I went up, my son lives very far north of the Arctic Circle in um, Tromso and Lingen area. And I went up and we spent a week up in the Lingen area. It was just absolutely stunning. And the energy, it was like, I, I could just imagine living out my days there. It was like something had really shifted in um, how my body reacted being that far north and and i it, it became a curiosity for me and i think this is the empathic nature too is to be very open and curious of why a place a room a person makes you feel a certain way because yes it it is in part about them but it's also you as the receiver you know and your ability to receive a message and how clear is that channel um, so I, I, I do believe, you know, the one of the true things as a tool that empaths need is an open mind and a lot of um, curiosity and some acceptance and self-love. <laughs> Without a doubt. And also that um, that trusting and for myself, it's like just honoring where I'm at in my journey because each person is at a different place and each person's abilities are unique and different to them and what they've unfolded and what they reawaken from say even previous lifetimes. So it really all just varies upon where that person is at that time. Like you're mentioning going back to a place and then it really feeling completely different. And I totally relate to that because I've, I'm from Los Angeles and I've gone back throughout the years. And every time I go back, it's different for myself. It feels different. It still feels like home, but the energy shifted and it's probably not the place. It's actually myself and where I'm at. Right. But in the earth is shifting as well, you know, so as a living, um, you know, it, it, it's living as well. And so it, it isn't a relationship that you have with the earth. And as you grow and change and expand and you bring in new awareness, um, so is the earth. And so it's like, you know, I, I, I'm always intrigued, especially if I've been someplace that felt kind of um, contracted and dense. And then I'm there again and it's shifted completely. So, um, you know, that, that's also a, a wonder and a joy to witness too. Without a doubt. And so, you know, as we, all of us being empathic and having our sensitivities as souls, finding those tools and techniques that help us along the way is so important, especially for myself. And, you know, Signe and I, we met at the, through the Book Doulas Incubator Program, which was fabulous. And, it's just interesting that there were a lot of like-minded souls in this um, 12-week ex- exploration that we went through with them. As you know, you and I are definitely like-minded. There were other ones too. And this program is really about creating your book from the, like the foundation all the way through the platforms and how to make, you know, write the chapters and how to really put your thoughts and love and your heart you know, into the what you're creating. And so Signe has come together and she's um, bringing forth this beautiful book called The Space In Between, An Empath's Field Guide. 
And it is a beautiful guide with some lovely um, exploration of who you are as an empath, as well as your wisdom and some beautiful stories. And I want you to share a bit about, especially the fields. That's important because it's broken down into different fields. Right. Um, You know, when I was, the structure of this book um, kind of, it took me a while to find my way into discussing this material. And, you know, I've been working, or I had worked on this book in many different versions over the last 10 years. And part of my struggle was trying to put language to um, something that's visceral. You know, you feel it. And yet, you know, not quite named. And in, in our reality as empathic people is that we are having, our nervous system is having a conversation with an expanded field of the environment and humanity. And, you know, we're born without, you know, a label and uh, other than being human being, but there's no manual, you know, and your parents aren't given a manual and their parents didn't receive a manual. So there's this knock on effect of, you know, sensitive um, beings coming into the world without a lot of guidance and instruction. And I really do feel that empathic people, um, once they tune into the fact that they can receive um, information or sensations from their environment, you know, the world expands, um, you know, it's this, this whole thing of accepting, yes, you can receive this information, but then what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. And um, that's the journey is, you know, I say that life's operation is about language. Everything around you is in some form of communication, whether it's your body trying to maintain homostasis whether it's, you know, the um, interdependent systems in an ecosystem, there's just so much communication going on constantly. And, and that is true for, you know, us as human beings, we, we've got, you know, our, our soul speaking to us. We have our instincts speaking to us. We have um, our generational program speaking to us. Mm-hmm. So I always say that, you know, you can break life down into three And, you know, you see this in different patterns. You know, you have the uh, mind, body, soul. That's a triad. But you also have that you are a receiver, a transmitter, and there's a message. And so I think for myself, when I first was uncovering for myself that I was empathic and I could pick up things, um, it was during a period of time where there was a lot of fear. And so a lot of the advice coming out was about, you have to protect yourself. You have to, um, you know, everything was about protecting yourself. And, and there was a part of me that was like, I don't, I don't think as a soul that, you know, protection is, is where it's at. And so I was very curious. I'm a very curious, I, I'm mechanically inclined I want to figure out. And so I started to really examine after I had read an article in Oprah magazine back in 2007, I want to say Martha Beck had an article called Beware of the Sponge People. 
And I really, you know, respect her work. And, you know, one, I was really intrigued that in 2007, they could have something on a mainstream magazine talking about, um, you know, being empathic. But there was a lot of um, fear-based language being used in the article about protection. It even had a subtitle of Beware of the Dark Arts or something of that nature. And and so I really wanted to know for myself, where was all the fear coming from? Because I had never experienced my empathic nature as something to be fearful of. Mm-hmm. And so now in today's kind of environment of spiritual well-being, it's all about regulation. So I feel like we've moved from protection to regulation. And the regulation is is more um, inward resources, resilience, adaptability, boundaries. It's how can you regulate your nervous system? How can you re- how are you at regulating your emotions? So I really, you know, I I have this personality or just my disposition is that I like to take a a step back and just really almost like an anthropologist, see what is shifting, what patterns are either emerging or fading and noticing that just, you know, I said this would have been 15 years ago. It was all about protection. 15 years forward, we're talking about regulation. 15 years ago, they began to talk more about empathy and the empathy as a really desirable trait to be a successful business person, to be a healthy emotional person, to now where I really feel like it's time to talk about the empath. Um, It is, you know, I really feel that my book, though, I at times could not understand why it took me so long to write it. I also think a lot has to do with timing. And I do think the time is right to start addressing the unified field of um, being sensory, intuitive, as well as physical and instinctive. Um, And, you know, so the fields for me is, I know this is a long way into talking about the fields, but so for when I finally kind of latched onto the idea of the fields, um, it really gave me a way to break it down because part of what I hope my book does for people is offer a structure to understand their sensitivities in a way they probably haven't thought of before. And I, I look at language quite a bit as well because um, I, I start out the field of um, reflection because we we are in our environments in our family and our society and our culture and all of it is reflecting back to us um, our own perceptions Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting when you are somebody who is empathic didn't understand that your family didn't maybe understand that you know what was being reflected back was not really feeling the sense of belonging like where did you belong in society and One of the things I bring up in the book is that what's difficult for an empathic person to articulate what they're experiencing and feeling even to themselves or to others is that when you look at even in the dictionary, um, the word empath is usually placed its origins in science fiction and fantasy. Mm -hmm. And so, again, this is one of those things where I'm looking for a shift 
of, okay, we have a perception that being sensitive and empathic is paranormal. Mm-hmm. How does that limit an individual's own um, self-awareness to, to be able to claim that for themselves? Mm-hmm. So my book, though, it's, it is about the subject of being an empath. It, it examines a lot of things that every single person confronts um, in their lifetime. Like, how do you belong to yourself? And for an empath, we have the extra challenge of how do you feel like you belong in your own skin and in your own body when your body can more or less be a scribe and is giving you messages, you know. So um, I go from the field of reflection and examining that. I go into the field of definition. How would I define uh, an empath? And also how, how, what is a universe? field or what is a unified sensory system even and um you know it's funny i you know i'm i don't claim to be able to talk about quantum physics and um you know the deep science of that but i do find it interesting that we have five senses that are kind of referred to in spirituality of people who are only experiencing the world through their five physical senses of you know sight and taste, hearing, touch, um, smell. And, you know, we could just accept, okay, this is how we have sensory perception. But to me, it's almost like classical physics. You know, you have your Newtonian physics and it was, it was there and it really took care of a lot of things, but then came along quantum physics. And I always say, I feel that your intuition and your, your senses that come from your intuition are kind of like the quantum <laughs> physics part. But a unified field takes both the, it, from my understanding, takes both the Newtonian and the quantum together to create an understanding of the cosmos. And I just think as well, for a, from the spiritual side of being a human being with a soul, in a physical body, um, it's also you take the five sensory and you take the intuition and you bring them together and you have that unified expression of a soulful life. So um, from there I go into, I do the field of sensing and I talk about what, what exactly is an empath sensing um, when they pick up something. And because what we're picking up typically is unprocessed um, thoughts and emotions from other people. Mm-hmm. And so that begs the question that each person being mindful and aware has the ability to really um, positively impact the environment. You know, we, we see litter, we can see pollution, we can see all these things that are done on the physical level, but on the energetic, emotional and thoughts, um, you know, there's likewise a field that is polluted and can be toxic, but people don't understand that, you know, just like littering had a campaign of don't litter and, you know, suddenly places were being cleaned up. I mean, still a whole lot more needs to be done, but on the energetic level of thoughts, emotions, and toxicity in that way, there's a lot that each individual can do to help not only themselves, but everyone else. Um, And then from sensing, I did a field of awareness and experience. Mm 
because as you said, we're all very unique and different and we're customized. Our, our sensitivities are customized to our life. And if you can think about empathy, really your life sets you up for how you can have empathy for other people. And if each person just went through their life experiences and how did that help them gain empathy um, for somebody else in a similar situation, um, you can see that self-awareness and being heart-centered and accepting that you can have empathy is a, a form of connection um, to humanity. And, and this is also true for your sensitivities because it's customized to what you pay attention to, what naturally you notice. Um, and you can, you know, you can build on that. You can, you know, work on being more aware, more attentive or more open, but, um, but your kind of your true nature, your authentic self will naturally gravitate to certain things. Um, for me, it's listening to language and hearing what's not being said. Um, or, you know, I, I also have a very good sense of smell and, you know, just, just, I think just exploring what are you naturally, um, you know, not good at, but, you know, it just is a natural skill you have. Um, and then and I end with the field of mystery because, you know, the other thing on a spiritual path is, uh, remain open and know that you don't know everything you think, you know. <laughs> And so the mystery of how, how does mystery come in and uh, support you, even though you may not understand it, um, but to have the awareness that that support and that trust is there, um, you know, adds, you know, value to your life. Yeah. And so um, what comes to me about your whole book is just giving people the awareness and the understanding that other people go through the same type of things. Cause it's funny when I was reading the part about sensing um, years ago, before I was really in tune with, you know, my guides and working with my spirituality and my sensitivities, I did have scent things come at me. Like a couple of times mm -hmm. I was, you know, just walking and I would, one time I smelled cigarettes. One time I smelled roses and I, I just stopped and I was like, what is that? I immediately knew it was my father who passed mm -hmm. away in 92, quite a few years ago. And other, I've had that happen to me in several other times too, where I've been in like a, one time a store and all of a sudden I smelled Kentucky fried chicken. And I was like, looked around for, it was nowhere Signe. And I was like, what is this about? And all of a sudden I heard my grandfather was with me. So, you know, knowing that these things and that I'm not crazy, as well as other people out there that may have all kinds of different empathic abilities and the ways it shows up for them and just understanding that these are just your sensitivities and part of who you are and how to understand them. And a book like yours, it's really just that beautiful guide to help people relate to and understand that when I, when I, you know, feel, you know, auntie across the country and she passed away, I'm not crazy and I'm okay. That's just part of my empathic abilities and understanding that it's, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's life-changing because knowing that I'm okay and my, I'm just an energy being experiencing all these different like you said, the different layers and the different, you know, things that come together to make my, my, you know, physical body and my soul body kind of come together and work together while I'm here. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, and I, I'm always keen to say to people, you know, well, what is the message? Um, you know, cause if you smell something like you did the Kentucky fried chicken, 
um, you know, that's just kind of data, you know, oh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. But, you know, there is a deeper level to it, like why Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, you know, like you said, I think you identified it was your grandfather, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, you know, is there a message beyond just letting you know that you're still connected? Um, right. And and that is in its pure and simple form is quite a profound message, mm-hmm. you know, to know that you're still connected, that there is, you know, the illusion of the physical form is just masking that you are still connected. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Having all these amazing layers is, is so unique. You know, it's, it's, it's actually exciting. I think it's super, super exciting. <laughs> no, it is. It, it, it can, you know, I really do think so as well. I, I do feel like one of the reasons I wanted this book out is because, you know, I'm 57 mm-hmm. and when I was in my twenties, I'd never heard the word empath mm-hmm. and I be, I am a spiritual counselor and not because I'm an empath, but that is just naturally where, um, my interests led me to. And then it was only when I wanted to really debunk or demystify um, this fear-based understanding about being an empath that made me start to really create the structure that this book took. But I really am hopeful that there are many people who are empathic that have no awareness that they are and they struggle with their environments and with their relationships because they are um, accepting everything they feel as their own. Because if you feel it, it must be yours. Right. Because that's kind of the default setting I think we all come in with because we think we're also this individual contained form when in fact, you know, you know, our mind and our emotions and our thoughts you know, they, they are created or originate from us, but they still go out into these energetic fields. And so I really hope that anyone who had an inkling, particularly somebody who's in their midlife, somebody who's maybe not on this cusp of the big spiritual awakening that's happening for a lot of people a lot earlier, but the people who are, you know, mid 50, 50, 45, still have, hasn't really understood why they're sensitive or how they're sensitive, but yet they still are struggling to feel like they belong to themselves, to their families, you know, to culture. And, you know, anything, any questioning, I really would like to give them a handhold to start um, investigating or exploring how much more there is to their to their story to their experience and um yeah i i'm i really think liberating people who are just managing their life um i I really would like them to be liberated and understand that um they're they're connected they're feeling a lot of other people's feelings Mm -hmm. and you may also (laughs) relate to you'll probably you know endorse what i'm going to say is you know it's pretty hard to process somebody else's stuff <laughs> you, you know yes yeah, yeah. 100% so, 100% so for the people who are continually trying to process other people's stuff because they do not realize it's not theirs um i would really like to liberate them from that 
that if, if that's one thing you can do with this book, which I think you're going to be able to do a lot of things with this book, that would be just a beautiful blessing right there for sure, Signe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, with today and where we're at and, you know, everything's obviously heightened right now and amplified because of all this shifting we're doing energetically in the world and the collective and everything, but there's always things going on. And I like to, I say that in almost every single episode, it seems like, because there are, it's like, you know, this is a special time, but even, you know, 15, 20 years ago, there were other unfoldments at that time in preparation for where we're at now. So what I really want to touch on is the divine timing of your book coming out, because truly there are so much, there's so many people waking up right now and really grasping at, okay, and, you know, how do I find out about my sensitivity? And there is so much negativity. The, the polarities are so, are so vast right now from one side to the other. And that other really negative aspect that's being pulled in right now to the, um, the collective in the bigger wide stream of, you know, media and everything else going on. Yeah, people just don't understand how much that affects their bodies, how much that affects their psyche, how much that affects every aspect of them every single day by watching TV nonstop, by listening over and over and over about the hatred or the this or the that. It's just, I mean, and, and I have chills, I say this, it just really, you know, Im, embeds everything in them. And then how, how do they work with that energy? So having a tool like your book to really understand and start grasping and opening up to the, the other realms that, you know, I am holding on to that, that pain in my heart isn't really mine or the pain in my leg or you know, or even just the, um, the consciousness that they're, they're, you know, embedding in themselves when, it, which is not theirs. They don't have to hold on to that, how to work right. with all that. Yeah. I think, you know, I, 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 I say quite often in many different ways in the book about how an empath, um, innately is sensing balance. And so yeah. it, it's, it's one of these things where, you can sense, you know, you know, when things aren't being said, the tension, that's one, you know, something's out of balance. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, so the other type of balance, I, I question myself and other people when I'm, I'm working with them, is the balance between being a creator and being a consumer. Because you can have people that are so kind of consumer based you know because this is i have to say western society has kind of created this um you know and and you if you have a product you need a consumer or your product's not going to be successful right and you know i saw this early on with my kids when they were younger and they were really into like electronic games um and we're talking like mid 1990s late 1990s um and you know so they would have their xbox and they would be doing that and i would feel the toxicity coming through the electronics of it needing a mindless consumer to be engaged you know it was um you know it was almost parasitic in a way and so, you know, the kids all laugh about the times that, you know, mom's like clearing Xboxes and things like this. And I mean, it, it's not that I took it away from them, but I, I I wanted them to be aware of the balance. And also, where are you creating something? When are you the creator? And even if you love, you know, playing electronic games, it, it should have an inspiration to you to do something with it. 
you know, and I'm sure people would say there is a lot of creativity through some of these things. And if that's the case, okay, I, I personally don't play, but I do think that somebody, everyone needs a creative outlet just to keep in balance um, the consumer creator. Yeah. Right. And that's because obviously, it, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, because you don't want, you know, being only a consumer is is not healthy and um i think when you sit in front of the tv when you're listening to the same story in a loop you're consuming right you know like you're at a buffet table and you never got up you're just constantly grazing or eating or you're, you're just consuming so when when are you using it up how are you using it up how is it inspiring you to do something uniquely expressed um even if it's to write a poem or to write an essay or to, to express yourself, you know, express that physical realm is here for expression. Yeah. And um, what I was going to say is that, and it's unique to each person. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. how they find their creative outlet and that flow and that, um, you know, ways to really shift things back into balance is unique. So I did a podcast recently where I was talking about how I recently took up paddleboarding. And it really came to me that the paddleboarding honestly is about balance, staying in balance, Mm. you know, obviously not falling off, but like literally my core. And so it really has helped me. And it's actually um, brought up a lot of other things too, for me to shift some things and, um, and some processing, but it, that's how I found my creative at this moment right now, because things are for myself, they were, I was seeing and sensing so much polarity that I just had to find a way to bring myself into balance. So that's my, that's how I've done my creativity lately has been getting out on the board, out in nature, in the sun, you know, stay, trying to stay on that board and, and being balanced. And actually I'm doing paddleboarding yoga. So that's, it takes it to a whole new level then too. And you're, you know, doing like the warrior two and you're trying to stay in balance and, you know, you're going wobbling here and there. So it's interesting finding those creative ways to stay in balance or get yourself back into balance. I have to say, I saw your pictures on um, one social media form or another, and I was really impressed with your (laughs) yoga on the board. That takes a lot of core strength and balance. So I was like, that was very impressive. Thank you so much, Sydney. It's so much fun. I'm just... Oh, I'm just loving it so much, especially before, as you know, being in the Northern Hemisphere that we're coming into fall and soon winter, especially in Iowa. And in yeah. Oslo too, I know you have some pretty good winners there too. Yeah, no, and I bet, you know, it's nice to have the seasons and mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll find new ways to, to experience that inside somehow, you know, get on one of those Bosa boards. Yes, like, definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd that, be super fun. Yeah, that'll be a lot of creativity figuring out. Yeah. Doing it things in the winter. Well, Signe, I'm so excited you came on today. And I want to talk a little bit about the release of your book because I want to make sure that my um, beautiful friends and listeners know when it's coming out and it will be released October 12th. Yes, October 12th. It comes out. It, it's it's release day. I actually did a an audio book um, here in Oslo at a sound studio. And I believe that will be released within a week of the uh, pub date. So within, Great. you know, a 
week, then people who would prefer to have an audio book, they can find it on all your major um, outlets. And I, I'm coming to the States in October and um, I, I'm doing a virtual book launch. Um, Christine Carlson is going to be my MC. Oh, I um, love it. Yeah, yeah. So October 20th, um, which I believe is a Wednesday, maybe. Let me just quickly see. Yeah, that's a Wednesday. And I'm going to, you know, put together some social media ways to promote that. Um, it'll be 5 p.m. Pacific time. And so that's the 20th. And then that gives people time to bought the book. And if they have questions, you know, they could come onto the virtual and be ready with questions if they want to participate that way. Um, I'm going to do two in-person events in Colorado in November. Um, one is at the Boulder Bookstore, um, November 11th, and then at the Barnes & Noble in Boulder, I think on the November 20th. So, you know, and doing some podcast here and there and doing some essays. So I really do hope that, you know, the people who would benefit from this book um, it crosses their paths and it's lit up and it's magnetized and they'll be like, hmm, I think I could learn something about myself if I pick this book up. And I'll learn from other authors and it's a great Christmas gift. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you if you have, and if you have a sensitive friend or family member and you, you maybe don't quite understand them and you want to read it for yourself or if you want to gift it to them, to help them understand themselves better. Um, I think that, you know, is a great plug for that. Without a doubt. Well, thank you again, Signe, for coming on. I will have all that information in the show notes so people can find out how to order your book, the audio, and get it for themselves and or a gift, which I highly recommend. (laughs) Thank you. So thank you so much. And I hope that our, our paths cross sometime soon in the States. I would love to see you in person. That would be beautiful. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Believe it or not, when you arrived back for another life, you were enthusiastic to be here. If you've lost that enthusiastic feeling, well, there's a way to reawaken it. It's by embracing a bigger spiritual picture of your life as a soul and igniting the feeling of spiritual freedom within. So if you are ready and needing some more enthusiastic mojo for your life, Follow the link in the show notes where you can access a free video series created by the Wayshowers College and start recapturing the enthusiasm you have within for your unique journey.